0: We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson Preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi And now, Mike Hickson As we look at John chapter 8 today, the theme of our lesson You can be free at last. A couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation with a friend of mine. I've known this gentleman for many, many years. He is now 92 and a half, by way of age. He fought in World War II. He was captured, spent over two years as a prisoner of war over the course of that time, lost about 70 pounds, separated from family, from friends, in a foreign land. I can only imagine the feeling of joy that must have swept over him when he was released, when he was liberated. And to think that At one time he had been a prisoner only to enjoy freedom. Many, many people have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our liberty. The blessings that we enjoy in this country have come with a cost. There have been a lot of people that have paid the ultimate sacrifice to preserve what we call freedom. The very fact that we're able to come here today to worship God in spirit and in truth and to do so in freedom is an indicator of the tremendous price that has been paid to preserve that freedom that we enjoy every day. To those of you that have served this country and protected our borders, we're grateful. Words cannot express how appreciative we are for the freedom that we enjoy because of your sacrifice. A lot of folks made tremendous sacrifices. I had a friend of mine who is now deceased that fought at Iwo Jima. The first time he saw his young daughter, she was about three years of age. Hard for us to imagine missing special moments such as the birth of a child. And yet, a lot of our soldiers missed a lot of firsts, but today we're free, and for that we're grateful. It might be the case that though we are free physically in this country, it might be that we are imprisoned by a life of sin. What Jesus says to us in John chapter 8 is that you can be free, free at last from that which has held you captive. I want to begin today by, first of all, exposing the truth about sin. Hard to imagine we live in a day and time when many people do not even have a working definition of sin. They have no concept of sin. The reason, of course, they haven't been taught. We live in a day and time in which many people are biblically illiterate. There was a day in this country when many people believed in the ideals of Scripture. They trusted in the God of heaven. They believed in the ideals of Scripture, and yet that's not the case today. Things that maybe we took for granted in days gone by can no longer be taken for granted. We can't assume knowledge. So I want to begin by talking about the characteristic of sin. And there is one overriding, universal characteristic of sin that all of us need to appreciate. The bottom line, we're all in sin. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 34, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. The word sin literally means a missing of the mark. John tells us in 1 John chapter 3 verse 4 that it is the transgression of the law. That is the transgression of the law of God. To show you the universal problem that we have with sin, we need to hear what Paul said. In Romans chapter 3, Paul said, There is none righteous, no, not one, In verse 23, he said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The bottom line, all have sinned. Once we reach that accountable age, the verdict is we're living in sin. And so we have to expose the truth about sin. Sin is a deadly thing. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. I want you to also think about the cruelty of sin. Many of us know, we know what cruelty is in our world. We see people that are inhumane towards other other individuals. This past Friday, a woman for whatever reason, a mother tragically took the lives of four innocent children she killed them in the most gruesome way talk about cruelty a mother turning on her own children obviously this lady has a lot of problems But it might be the case that you have been victimized by somebody that you know. It may be the case that someone has expressed cruelty towards you in word or in deed. The Bible tells us when we think about the cruelty of sin, it's cruel because first, it is deceptive. And secondly, because it is destructive. John said in Revelation chapter 12 at verse 9 that Satan, the devil, is the deceiver of the whole world. In John chapter 8 verse 44, Jesus said regarding the devil that he is a liar and a murderer. You put the two together and you realize that the devil is cruel in every aspect of his evil reign. All of the heartaches and miseries and trials and tribulations go back to one source. The work of the devil in the Garden of Eden. And there are a lot of people that have been blinded or deceived by sin. The Hebrew writer talks about those who have been deceived by the deceitfulness of sin. There have been people that have been hoodwinked. Into thinking that a certain lifestyle is acceptable in the eyes of God. For example, there are people that have the idea you just live as you please, you do what you want, you answer to no one. After all, you are the captain of your own ship, you take control, you do what you want to do. That's the plea of the humanist. You're the God. You choose. It's what the devil wants you to think. And then think about. The destructive misery that has come upon the human family because of sin. The devil wants you to believe that he's your friend, that he's your ally. So what he wants to do is to deceive you and then to sit back and to relish the destruction that enters into your life. Solomon said, the way of the transgressor is hard. When you look around and you see people who are engulfed in a life of sin, who have been taken captive by the devil to do his will, you're looking firsthand at individuals whose lives have been turned upside down by the deceiver, the destroyer of the world in which we live. I want to show you how this operates. Let me just call attention to the consequences of sin. The consequences of sin are reflected in these ways. First, sin will rob you of your freedom. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 34. Most assuredly I say to you whoever commits sin is a slave, a bondservant of sin. The devil is a master at enslaving people in a life of sin. Now, here's what you hear people in the world say. I just want to be free. I want to be free to drink, to smoke, to dance, to do whatever I want to do. That's how people live. Could I just say this? When I see on television... Stories of people who are so enslaved to alcohol that the first thing they think about when they arise in the morning is a drink. Doesn't sound like a lot of freedom to me. When I read about or see people who are so enslaved to heroin or cocaine or something else, that that's all they think about 24-7, day in, day out, that doesn't seem like a, a lot of freedom to me. And and we're supposed to think that that's what brings happiness and joy? You see, the devil is a liar. He is a liar. He is the master of deception. Oh, he wants you to think you're free. You're free to shoot up. You're free to take drugs. You're free to drink alcohol. You're free to consume your life trying to make a dollar. You're free to constantly chase material goods, to the exclusion of God let me tell you what you're not free you may think you're free you're not free Paul said that those who are taken captive by the devil are done so to do his will the devil says you're free you're liberated you do as you please and what Jesus says is you are a foolish person if you buy into that way of thinking and then what about the what about what about the fact that not only does sin rob you of your freedom it will rob you of your future Did you know that there are people today physically speaking who are in prison they have absolutely no hope none of ever walking outside those prison doors. Why? Oh, because they took the life of someone. Because they stole a large sum of money, like Bernie Madoff. Because they did evil things to another human being. They will never see the light of day. And so it can rob you of your future. And by the way, there are people today that are imprisoned in their body because they have so abused their physical body, this temple of God, with alcohol and drugs and tobacco and other things. They can't walk a flight of stairs without huffing and puffing. Can't walk down the street because their body... Has been so tarnished by alcohol and drugs. So I ask you again, are you really free if you're living like that? Not at all. Now, spiritually speaking, you need to understand that sin comes at a heavy, heavy price. I want you to listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 24. Jesus said, that unless you believe that he is the son of God you will die in your sins could I ask you this question what's the worst thing that could happen to you this week what's the worst thing that could happen to you now you may be thinking well what if I lost my job It'd be a bad thing wouldn't it lose my income that would be a terrible thing What if I were to lose a child again? Unbelievable. The heartache that would come. Lose a mate. Somebody you've been married to for many, many years. Heartbreaking. Tragic. Well, what about losing your home? What if it went into foreclosure? Would that be a terrible thing? Yes, it would. What if you went into the doctor's office and he were to tell you this week, let me tell you, you have a terminal illness I read just this past week about a well-known sports caster in this city who battled a lung disease he said that when he was diagnosed he began to do some research and that typically patients lived once they were diagnosed anywhere from several weeks to two and a half years he lived three years. So what if you were diagnosed with terminal illness? Would that be the worst thing that could ever happen to you? No, here's what's, here's what's the worst thing that will ever, ever, ever happen. Listen to him, John 8, verse 21. Jesus said, if you die in your sin, where I go, you cannot come. You know what the worst thing could ever happen to you is for you to die in sin. If you die in sin, you have no hope. I mean, you don't have any hope. As Paul said, you're without hope and without God in this world. That is a tragic thing. So we think about sin robbing us of our freedom. Yes, that's a a heartbreaking thing. But to rob us of future To rob us of the future, of being with God forevermore in in that place that's called heaven. That's the worst. There's a second thing I want you to see in our study today, and that is we must evaluate the truth about the Savior. A couple of thoughts here. When you begin to think about the life of Jesus, how he lived, what he did, His purpose, His mission. You need to understand that Jesus came with the intent of saving fallen humanity. And there are two things that are borne out, I think, in the scriptures that we ought to appreciate regarding being free in Christ. The first has to do with His love for us. Can you fully fathom the love of God, the love of Christ. Jesus said, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends, John 15, 13. The Bible tells us that the love of Christ passes all knowledge, Ephesians 3, verse 19. I'm not sure I will ever be able to fully grasp the depth of of God's love for me. The depth of Christ's love. Oh, I can read John three sixteen, where Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I read where Paul said, God commendeth his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ paid the price for our sins. You need to understand he loves you. Remember when you were a young fella, a young lady? Those of you that are young folks, you remember singing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. He does love you. Not only does he love us, but the Bible tells us he was lifted up for us. Why did Jesus go to Calvary? Because of you. Listen very quickly to verse 28. Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. Or that I am that I am. This eternal, self-existent One. Two things here. First, we need to appreciate the great sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. Paul said, him who knew no sin, he became sin on our behalf. Jesus Christ left the glories of heaven, took upon himself human flesh. Paul said, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God counted not being on an equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Yes, even the death of the cross. Jesus went to the cross because of you. And why? Because he loved you. Because he loves you today. Because he will always love you. The Lord Jesus Christ willingly sacrificed the glories and beauty of heaven to come to earth to be treated in an inhumane way so that we might enjoy life. And then there's a second thought. Not only was he our sacrifice, he was our substitute. You need to understand that Jesus went to the cross with you in mind. When they nailed his hands and feet to that cross, it could easily have been any one of us. Why? Because we were worthy of death. We are worthy of death. Peter said that Jesus bore our sins in his body on the tree, on the cross, that we, being dead unto sin, might live unto righteousness. By whose stripes, he said, you were healed. We've had several babies born. And there's nothing like a beautiful baby to change your whole way of life. It is a life-altering experience. Just a moment ago, I was sitting by Charlie. Beautiful baby. Just one of many beautiful babies we have. What if I were to tell you that there's someone on death row right now, meanest meanest person you've ever met, destructive, hateful, angry, angry at the world, a killer, somebody who's done more evil than you could ever imagine. What if I were to tell you that individual can walk today, today, but it's going to cost you something. What will it cost you, your child? Would you give your child for somebody on death row? Let me give you a couple examples. We can go back and look at some serial killers. Let's just say that Adolf Hitler were alive. Would you have given your child for his life? You know what our response would be? Absolutely not, not a chance. You Remember Jeffrey Dahmer? Do you remember that he was a serial killer, a psychopath? Do you remember all the people that he killed, dismembered their bodies, left so many families grieving? What if I were to tell you were he alive today That if you will give your only child, the one who is bone of your bones and flesh of your flesh, if you will sacrifice that child, Dahmer can walk free. Would you do it? And we talk about the heinous sins and actions of of people in our world. And there are some things that people have done and do that are enough to make angels weep. But I'm here to tell you, there is not a person in this world worth the life of my child, nor the life of your child. But the Bible says, God spared not his own son, but freely gave him up for us all. You need to understand, Jesus went to the cross for you and me. He suffered, bled, and died for you and me. When they pierced his hands and feet, they were doing it to save. They were doing it, and the intent was to put him to death. But through his death, he's made it possible for us to live. So every time you get up in the morning, you need to thank Almighty God that he loved us enough to give his only begotten son so that we might live forevermore. third thing i want you to see very quickly and that is we must embrace the truth about salvation let me just very quickly mention the source of our salvation the bible tells us the truth about the person who saves and listen to what jesus said john 8 verse 36 if the Son makes you free, he said, you shall be free indeed. Did you know that Jesus Christ is the absolute source of all salvation? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Luke said, neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If we're going to be saved, Jesus is the only answer. So we have to understand the truth about the person who saves and the truth about the plan that does save. God has a plan in place. God had a plan in place before he ever laid the foundation of the world. And that plan is so simple, so plain, so concise that anyone can understand it. On Pentecost Day, here's what Peter said to a multitude of people that were lost and dying in sin. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Well, why do you need to be baptized into Christ so you can enjoy forgiveness? so that all your sins can be washed away, Acts 22:16, so that you can enjoy salvation, Mark 16:16. 16, 16. How simple is that? You hear the gospel. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans 10 verse 17. You believe that what you have read about Jesus is true, because Jesus said, "Except you believe that I'm He, He said, "You will die in your sins." You're willing to repent as they did on Pentecost Day. You're baptized into Christ so that you might enjoy the blessings of eternal life. So, what a beautiful thought. I want to close very quickly by saying this. If you respond to the gospel of Christ, there are a couple of things you need to understand. When you obey the gospel, you are free from the condemnation of sin. Because Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which which are in Christ Jesus. That means prior to your obedience to the gospel, you stood condemned to die. In Christ, however, that verdict, that death verdict, has been lifted. You're free from the condemnation of sin and free from the consequences, eternal consequences of sin. Here's what Paul said. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God, eternal life in Christ Jesus. Could I ask you this morning, what will the verdict be for you on the day of judgment? On the day of judgment? What will God say to you? Did you know that if you're in sin today, you can be free, free at last. Free from that which has bound you up has made you guilt-ridden, consumed your thoughts, your mind, you can be free today. You can walk out of here today free at last. Beautiful thought. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to obey the gospel, to do just what they did on Pentecost. If you're here today and you're not faithful and you want to come home, let me tell you what, you can be free. Peter said... Those who are in bondage, they are slaves of sin. Second Peter chapter two nineteen, the Lord will set you free. Here's what Jesus said, you shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. In the storms of life, when the clouds unfold, their wings of strife. When the strong tides lift and the cables strain, will your anchor drift or firm remain? We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love